Welcome back to the Rugby Rundown. It's episode six. We're firing away. Thank you, everyone who has watched so far, listened in, shared, subscribed, rated, liked, whatever it might be. We really appreciate it. And we've got another cracking episode coming up for you. Corbs, man, how are you doing? You've been busy the last couple of days, haven't you? Uh, it's good, mate. Obviously, good to be back in San Diego. Went to Austin for the weekend for a little trip before the MLR season started. Okay, like that. Super fun. Went to Joe Rogan's Comedy Club, The Mothership, two nights in a row. Absolutely cracked up the whole time. Smashed a nice steak restaurant, Terry Black's Barbecue. Just got my little oh, Texas fill before we get back to the grind. Yourself, yeah, I loved mate. it. I loved it. Treat yourself. I talk about loving and enjoyment or whatever it might be. I mean, the rugby was seriously good on the weekend. We'll come on to that later. But I just feel rugby's taken a bit of a, a good twist the last couple of months. Crowds are up. It's looking good across the board. Another cracking weekend, mate. Like the crowds filled, but the quality of rugby. Obviously, we'll get into it later in the show, but there's a reason I'm repping Northampton Saints here <laughs> and one yes. of my old school burner hoodies for the boys after an incredible win on the weekend. But really, we are all the benefiters and the winners with the way the rugby's going. And again, I echo everything you say. Thank you to everyone for the support for the show. We're loving what we're doing here. And I think it's time we get stuck in. Uh, that, 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 that badge she's wearing there, then, well, the Northampton crest, will come very apparent later. We've got a hell of a show coming up for you. Billy Meeks, of course, a uh, special interview with him, and then joined by a special rundown guest later on. Corbs, let's talk about the news at the moment because, uh, look, there's a lot of uh, rugby going on in terms of the European Cups back in action for those Gallagher Premiership teams. Some huge encounters across the board. I know Saras has travelled to Bordeaux, uh, Leicester taking on La Rochelle, in La Rochelle. Um, one of the big ones that really stands out for me is Bath versus Racing. Talk about two gigantic players for each team. You've got Finn Russell and you've got Khaleesi for Racing. And Rassing have been in the news lately because there's a certain Owen Farrell who's potentially moving. Mate, there's a lot of movement going on in rugby at the moment. People, you know, transfers. What's your take on it all? I think it's fair game, mate. I think uh, it, everyone has their own reasons. I think you have to remember that a career is finite. It doesn't last forever. You only get to experience this run once. I think if you look at Owen Farrell's record at Saracens, exemplary. How many premierships has he won? How many Champions Cups has he won? He's one of six nations. He probably realizes he might not go to the next World Cup with England. And then you factor that in with the premiership going to one marquee, not two next year. Salary restrictions that aren't the same in France. And also, I think on top of that, some of the abuse, the way he's been treated yeah, in the 100%. media has soured it for him and his family a little bit, I think, in the English sort of rugby-centric sphere that I think a trip to France might be a breath of fresh air for all of them as well. It's not confirmed from all that I've heard, but he's definitely looking around. Worst case, he's going to get a hell of a lot more offers now, I'm assuming. Now people know he's on the market. But, uh, you know, TBD, Stuart Lancaster with a, a clever bit of business there as, you know, a year before they were trying to get Marcus Smith yeah, about get to him. say, yeah, they're trying to get him over. Yeah, and they're, and they're trying to replace Finn Russell, which sets up that big matchup that you talked about. Well, look, I, I mean, I know from our perspective, two players, like the career is short. You've got to make the most. You've got to have, make those experiences. You're seeing that even in Major League Rugby. We talked off air about, you know, Nate Orsberger was that San Diego Legion, born and bred pretty much, but he's gone off to Chicago House. So you do see this in rugby at the moment. Absolutely. Like I, London Irish, did did 10 years at the club and then decided to go Northampton Saints. For me, obviously it was a financial incentive, but really it was to try and win a trophy, yeah. which I'm grateful. And you uh, did. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> so it's part of it justified the reason. I didn't think the team I was in was able to do that. For Nate as well, he's been in this league a long time. He, you know, he's earned his stripes. He had an incredible season last year. He had a lot of interest around the league. He wasn't tied to a club. Why would you and you've got to respect else? him, fair yeah. play. And actually talking of signings, there is still a few new signings 
things across the league happening. Uh, and I want to take us to Dallas Jackals. We don't really, we haven't talked enough Not about enough. the Jackals because they're, 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 a, they're a great side of built ever since they joined the league a couple of years ago. And, and for me, this, this signing really excites me. A scrum half from the Cheetahs, uh, Juan D. Oliver. And just having that bit of extra experience, someone who's been around maybe for, a, well, in involved in a high performance environment, Jackals might be better off with him, to be honest. I agree. And I think the Jackals last year showed huge growth in, in their ability. Maybe on paper didn't get results they would have wanted, but their pack last year was a nightmare to play against. Yeah, so if they can increase that, they yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, and awesome. they can increase that game control, add layers to their attacking game yeah. and, you know, improve on the aspects that maybe let them down in the season. That's a signing that's going to see upward trajectory uh, in their performances. Absolutely. Uh, then we have Callum Botcher. He's gone, the Canadian international. He's gone to New Orleans. Goal. Great to see Canadians still very much in this league. I know Toronto obviously withdrew from uh, the 2024 season, but the Canadians are still going strong. The Sabercats, oh, we talked about them before, Corbs. They are looking good. There's a couple of great signings in the forward pack you know about. Yeah, we touched on obviously the, the, the prop coming last week from South Africa, Van Wick, but now they've also added Ezekiel Lindenmuth as well, which is a huge signing. Moana Pacifica, he's played for the Chiefs, I think as well, the Auckland uh, Blues, capped by Samoa. But funny enough, I think I know that he was American qualified before he played for Samoa. I don't think he's played since 2022. So he yeah, might be eagle eligible yeah. in, in in 2025. And, th and that's a huge pickup for him to add that to what they already have at the pack. They had Cobb last year is probably one of the standout loose heads in the league. Houston are really stacking up some some physicality there. And there's another big sign in the court your eye as well. There is indeed. I can, I'm never going to be able to pronounce his first name completely right. But Tal Talatasi. Tassi, the midfielder from the Arrows. He's come over, obviously, with the Arrows withdrawing. They've managed to pick him up. Uh, the Sabercats as well. So that means they have some unbelievable centre partnerships. We talked about Sam Hill on this show a couple of weeks ago, uh, the England, uh, well, I should say extra chief player, English qualified player who's coming over. Now, Tassie is, put it this way, I remember trying to put a shoulder on him when we played them uh, at San Diego last year. It was like a brick wall coming into me. He's a big lad. He's good, mate. And I, I honestly didn't know too much about him until we played Toronto last season. And he, and he had a standout performance. And for me, he was probably their best player on the park. And so, you know, Houston armoring up, mate. And it, it, it ain't going to be an easy wherever you look in this uh, competition this year. Uh, absolutely. Plenty more MLR signings up. And actually a big shout out, I must say to James Dealey, MLR Stats, because uh, he definitely keeps people up to date on X platform. So yeah, that's the MLR news. Let's get ourselves into the College Corner. Here we are at College Corner coming off an exciting weekend of NCR All-Star Rugby in Austin. Will, I know you kept a close eye on this and I did too a little bit and it didn't disappoint out there. It really didn't. Some of the clips coming up, some brilliant, brilliant rugby across the board. You must go and try and catch up on the rugby uh, network. And it was the Great Lakes Thunderbirds who took the prize of the All-Star team. And they really did take it with a brilliant win in that final game. Great to see NCR doing so well with their All-Stars weekend. So from all of us here, congratulations uh, for everything you achieved in Austin. But let's move it now to CRAA because the spring season is very much coming upon us. There was a game on the weekend with GCU versus St. Mary's. St. Mary's wiped the floor of GCU, 79 uh, I'm trying to even see what the, what the point score was here. It was, yeah, 79-8 final score. 
St. Mary's a strong program, though, of course. They're an incredible program. Lots of lineage of, of top players who've come through it. Loads of success. You know, Tim O'Brien has run a, a yeah. strong program there. For a while now. For a well. number of years. You know, there's guys, like, say, at San Diego, we picked up Peyton Talea this year. Houston, Ronan Murphy. These are all guys who have graduated from, from his classes. And, and they're, they're an outfit. You know, they're very competitive in this competition. They obviously have a strong rivalry with UC Berkeley as well. Exciting mm. to see them kick off their 15s and just kind of getting all of that sort of collegiate rugby out there from the 15 season. I think some of the East Coast teams are still a little bit cold for them to play, but now we get the West Coast to get underway and then we meet in the spring for the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. Absolutely. There's plenty of CRAA action coming up on the Rugby Network, so make sure you stay tuned. And one of those very things is UBC. They are going to be in action. Their home games are going to be on the Rugby Network and actually it all kicks off this weekend for them because UBC take on... St. Mary's up in Canada. Really exciting to see that, Corbs. And again, just great to have more rugby on the Rugby Network, more college rugby on the Rugby Network. Absolutely. And who doesn't love uh, Canada-USA rivalry to kick off the new year? I'm sure it'll be a little tasty out there and look forward to seeing who gets on top. And now it's time for our first interview of the show. I was able to sit down with my good mate, one of the standout backs in the MLR over these last three seasons, played in the Premiership, played in Super Rugby, played for Australian Sevens. It's the one and only Billy Meeks. Billy, mate, welcome to The Rundown. Great to have you on the show and uh, great to have you in person as well, mate. Thanks, brother. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, I jumped at the opportunity when you messaged me, so it's good to come down and see a familiar face and obviously just talk some talk some rugby. Yeah, how good, mate. And, uh, you know, one of the big things that always stood about me, Bill, is with you is, is I'd say you are probably in the history of the MLR, the player that was most in their prime who came and didn't just come for like one season, maybe back, but has actually come for a sustained period of time and now pretty much live in America. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I suppose I haven't really put it like that to myself, but now that you say it, um, it does sort of resonate. I think, you know, I've said this on podcast before, but in my career throughout my journey as a rugby player, I think I've always found the most growth when I've put myself out of my comfort zone. And that's exactly what coming to America was for me. Um, you know, the MLR was this foreign competition. I didn't know too much about it, but had sort of kept an eye, an eye on it loosely. Um, and when the opportunity came up, it was exactly that. It was something completely different, out of my comfort zone, a new opportunity to challenge myself. Um, and then when I got here, I just absolutely loved it. So, um, you know, that's that's a big part of the reason I'm still here. Obviously, a big part of that is my fiance Michelle is based here as well. So this year, probably look a little different. We just found out Michelle's pregnant. So we're expecting our first. Yeah. Congratulations, mate. Little baby so boy on the way, way. Yeah. Um, which Daddy is really, really exciting. Here he is. Yeah, I've loved my time in the MLR. It's been three seasons and uh, yeah, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. And, you know, just reflecting on it, do you ever have any what if moments if maybe you'd stayed in the professional game in other areas or, or, or is it all systems go here now in America? Uh, I think you always have moments. You, you see teams that you've played for in the past, you know, whether it be the premiership or the super rugby and you miss elements of it, um, you know, but that's, that's something you have to live with and you have to back your decisions. Um, you know, that being said, the experiences that I've been exposed to here in America and playing in the MLR, you can't get them anywhere else. So 
Uh, it's a sort of a slight trade-off, but I, I wouldn't change anything. And as I said, the stuff that I've been able to do over the last three years, um, if you had a told 15-year-old me running around with a football um, that I would be doing this, you know, I would have told you there's no chance. So, yeah. That, I, that's I, kind I, of what I say to people when they're like, oh, do you ever see yourself coming back? I'm like, bro, as long as I live in Southern California yeah, or yeah. wherever and, I, and in America and I make a living through rugby and get to enjoy myself, like how do, how do you I'm do good. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and what do you make of the growth of the MLR from the first year one where you got here un, until now? Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one. Um, I, I've tried to sort of keep a close eye on, um, you know, the way people are receiving the game. And it's been pretty consistent in the sense that once people actually discover rugby or experience their first live game, they fall in love with it. It obviously has a lot of crossover between football and rugby. Maybe it's a little bit more intense. Um, so I think that the love for it here is definitely there. It's probably just more about getting more eyeballs on the game. The MLR is doing a great job in trying to grow the game. And I think the potential here is endless, obviously with the World Cups coming up. Based here, um, you know, there's a huge opportunity to grow the game as much as possible and get as many eyeballs and really just put America on the map as a genuine place to come and play rugby professionally. And along with that, and probably before that, comes with the communities and the kids and high schools and colleges and trying to grow the game from the grassroots. And both teams that I've been involved in the MLR have, have focused really heavily on that and it's paying dividends. I agree. It's almost like, you know, I always call it like Johnny Appleseeds of mm. rugby. Like you've almost got all of these MLR teams spread out around mm. the country and they've just got to plant these seeds, plant yep. these little trees, grow them, nurse yep. them, you know, from young age, get them playing the game, get yep. them indoctrinated what the sport means. Don't try and maybe overtake other lanes of other sports, yes, but just sort of put it in the landscape, let these trees go to fruition. And then long-term, I think, as you get to 2031 Home World Cup mm. and the launch pad that that gives us, a lot of these fruits will come to fruition. 100%, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Spare all my analogies. I love, <laughs> I love a good analogy. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> and then... When you look at the on-field rugby as well, like we talked a lot about how the league has grown. How much has the on-field product grown from when you got here to now as well? Uh, tremendous amount. Um, you know, I, again, I've said this on other podcasts, but my biggest fear coming to the MLR from the premiership was that I wasn't going to get better. And, you know, I, I've said that quite openly. And that's not to be disrespectful to the league. That's just, you know, it's probably viewed that different leagues are here and the MLR probably sits here. And I, I was kind of umming and ahhing around, am I going to get better as a player? And the answer is yes, I did. And, you know, in part that was because I was surrounded by such amazing coaches and players in LA and we were really, really lucky to have that group. But then again, in Chicago, I've had the same experience. I felt like I've got better and the competition has got far and beyond better. You just had to experience year one in a new team that on paper had a great squad mm -hmm. on paper, but took a while to actually get the product up to speed to where it needed to be able to compete in this league. You saw at the end of the season, you guys had it, but is that something that you would reflect on and maybe the picture of where this league has gotten to? I think that's definitely a huge part of it for sure. Um, I think, you know, our situation in LA was, was relatively different to Chicago's um, setup. And I think, you know, a big part of that is the league has got a lot better. Um, we were very lucky that we we had a pretty a deep squad in LA and we had players that could be outside the squad and be called in and, and sort of perform up to standard. Um, you know, but the season in Chicago this year was tremendously different. It was challenging. I've never been a part of a team that's, you know, only won a small handful of games and you're trying to rock up to work on a Monday and stay motivated and, you know, it came down to being more disciplined than motivated because motivation was out the window. And, 
you know, you, you're losing every weekend, but maybe you're losing by two points and you're like, oh my God, we could have won, but it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, that's another loss. And it was a really, really hard year. And I think, you know, that old saying, you either win or you learn. And we did a lot of learning last year. And, you know, a big part of me going back to Chicago again um, is because I kind of feel like there's some unfinished business. And um, that's the kind of thing that motivates me as an individual. And I know, you know, the rest of the guys that are coming back and the staff, they, they sort of have the same feeling. As you're looking at Chicago on a whole, you just touched a little bit on the season and that you had, but what did you make of your time there? And, and what did you think of, you know, you guys playing a good stadium, the final was there. Lots of positive things I would say to say about, even mm. though maybe the results weren't as, as great as everyone would have wanted. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, if I had to sort of wrap it up as a whole, it was... It was a really fulfilling experience. I think I learned a lot more this year than I have in previous years throughout my career, just because we were faced with so many challenges. Obviously, the way that I ended up at Chicago was through a team folding, and then that whole journey of trying to find a team, and okay, now we've got another new team. How's this gonna work out? Who's going, who's coaching? Where are we playing? Where are we living? All these questions are being asked. Okay, I'm four and a half hours away from my fiance. Um, you know, like all these little things, and then you just figure it out. You know, you you meet your new teammates. Great, everyone's amazing. We're all working towards this common goal. Staff are amazing, and I think the year as a whole was just we just learnt so much. Honestly, like I think this is the most excited I've been for a season in a long time, just because of all the unfinished business. I feel like we need to sort out the competition again is going to be a lot harder this year. So you know, that's that's another challenge for us, but. You know, if we're building from last year, all we got to do is just try and get more wins on the board and build towards a, a more successful season. We've touched a lot on, you know, you know, in-season rugby that's been going on last season, looking ahead to next season. But one of the things maybe doesn't get touched enough is like, what does an off-season look like for an MLR player, especially maybe someone like yourself who doesn't go back home or also doesn't travel on maybe like an international tour or something? Yeah, I mean, I think... For the three years that I've been here, it's been pretty different every year. Um, for the first two years, I was fortunate enough to go and join the Australian Sevens group uh, team. And that, again, was out of the blue. And it was the most amazing experience. I know we caught over up over there. Um, so I've been doing that. I think a lot of players go and play in other teams and different competitions. Um, I was lucky enough to play Sevens. But this sort of most recent season uh, I've actually had a really good opportunity to just sort of wind down um, and spend some time in LA my fiance Michelle is based there and we've just been able to spend some really quality time together and I think as I'm getting older starting to sort of focus one eye towards what I'm going to be doing after I stop playing um, so I've been sort of working on some things in the background that are really really exciting probably not far enough down the line to to reveal what they are yet but um, yeah just enjoying sort of life away from rugby and trying to plan some things so that when I, you know, do call time that I'm ready to step into something else. Uh, and then I guess, Bill, last question I'm going to ask you is, you know, what are you hoping to get out of this season upcoming? Obviously to, to be better than last year. I think on, on, a, on a personal note, selfishly, um, you know, I, I, I kind of set goals for myself individually and that is to be one of the best players in the league. And, you know, I'm not shy about saying that and I work incredibly hard to make that happen. But... That's, again, my goal is to be one of the best players in the league. And, you know, um, aside from that, as a team, I, I want to be successful. I truly believe that based on this, the experiences we had last year and the foundation that we've now built, we can be a successful team. Um, and it will take a lot of hard work and we're going to have to be really disciplined and work extremely hard. But I think Chicago can be an extremely successful team.
Awesome, bro. Thanks for coming on the Thanks pod. Appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it's a pleasure. Good luck with everything. Thanks, brother. So good to have Billy Meeks come on there. And Corbs, congrats. I mean, that was a great interview. And what I would say about Billy is he has gone from strength to strength in the MLR. You would say like someone like him with his experience, it's almost like he could have come over here and just not been that interested, but he's really put his, his work on the line. And I think the Hounds next season, man, with him and with all the other signings they got going on, going to be a strong team. The Hounds are looking dangerous. And, and I think credit, credit to Billy Meeks. He's really actually left a lasting imprint on this league to show that you can still improve, come here in your prime and actually deliver. And I think as well, his commitment to living in America, wanting to be here. And also his just ability to be an individual, be himself, show more sides of himself than an athlete, show that there's much more to the man than just the sport as well. Credit to the MLR. And uh, thanks again, Billy, for the interview. It is now time for the rundown and obviously all eyes this weekend were on Premiership Rugby round 11 and especially one game in particular. No spoilers here with my jersey here. Northampton Saints coming from 26 points down at Sandy Park to beat Exeter Chiefs. I did tell Will that they had a shot. He didn't believe me. (laughs) Chiefs hadn't lost in 22 games at home. Saints were the last play of the game getting the win. And to talk through the game, to react to it and get a little bit more insight into Northampton Saints, it's time to speak with England scrum half, Alex Mitchell. Welcome to the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited. Oh, Mitch, honestly, we're, we're so happy to have you. And, and Corbs and I know about a bus trip from winning at Sandy Park being a real successful one, potentially a boozy one. How was it after the win at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, it was a good bus trip, uh, better than most, but it wasn't actually that boozy. I think it's weird oh. when it goes over two hours. I think after having a couple of beers, everyone just gets tired and stuff. So there was good music, a bit of poker, some cards. Um, boys are massive into Peruda at the moment. I don't know if you played that, you know, the dice game. Um, okay. So the spirits were pretty high. It was a decent bus journey, but yeah, not very boozy, which is a bit different. Talk us through, you know, the game, the result a little bit. Lads must have been buzzing. You know, we, we've called it the probably the best game, uh, Prem game ever. Surely the best yeah, one I've 100%. seen in any sort of recent memory. You know, what, what are your first reactions to it? Um, just awesome to be involved with. Obviously, after the first 20 minutes, I mean, we were on the bench, we were thinking, what is going on here? It could be a tough day at the office, but um, the boys fought back. I think in the first half, we were only 12 points off, so um, there was a bit of wind against us in that first half, so we are always going to struggle in that that kind of area, but um, the boys fronted up in the second half and, and managed to score some tries, and yeah, it was, a, it was a head of a ding-dong, wasn't it? That's what we keep saying, so it was a yeah, class match to be involved with and, and to get the win down there is, is a tough place to go, so yeah, the boys are really happy. Mate, you, you're on fire at the moment. I know you're going to be very humble. Um, I was listening to another podcast. Uh, Lee Radford, your defence coach. He's, I mean, you want to defend for him. I like the Northern accent. Everyone's to, to defend for. But you are on fire at the moment. Are you, are you feeling it being easy? It must be nice as a player when you just everything seems to be working. Uh, it's never easy. Obviously, you always got to work in the week, train hard, and, and that's how you get the performances on the weekend. Um, and like you mentioned there, Lee Radford, he's been class all season. I think, you know, Northampton is old. We just, we, we kind of focus on attack and, and didn't really focus on defence, but he's been fantastic how he's come in. And, and I'm quite scared of him to be honest. Northern, he just he <laughs> beat you up if you don't, if you miss a tackle. So uh, now he's been class for us and that's kind of what we needed. Um, so this year it's shown that our defence is so much better and our set piece we've looked after. So I think at the moment, that's why we're, we're pushing to the top of the table, which we're yeah, really happy about. 
And if we look at that game in a little bit more detail, you know, early on Exeter, you know, had just immense amount of territory, possession, pressure in the 22, got some reward. When they did have, when you guys did have the ball, it looked like the line speed did affect you guys a little bit early on. But then, yeah, that last 10 minutes of the first half kind of just showed how quickly you guys could strike. And, and was that just a massive lift going into the sheds, knowing that you'd, you'd almost damage control in about two minutes, what could be a, a huge score otherwise at 26-0? I think so. I think we nailed it there. It's, I think if we went in at half-time 26-0 down, I think it would have been a tough place to come back from. Um, but I think, yeah, the first 20 minutes, we just too many errors, didn't exit um, correctly, um, just gave them too many opportunities. And, and in defence, um, Radha said, we're just a bit too passive. Um, so one of them, we, we got back into the game the end of the first half and, and found a way. So, um, yeah, hopefully we, we don't really start like that again um, down there. But it's, uh, yeah, massive, massive positives to take from that. Now, Corbs and I want to talk about um, an old pal of ours, Phil Dowson. We play with him. Um, and of course, he's now your director of rugby. Dowson, how is it play, playing for, for Dowson? And, and how's that whole environment at Saints at the moment? Because Corbs has said it, but he's tipping you guys to go all the way, mate. I said it before the hype drain was lit, mate, as well, just for the record. I said it before everyone jumped on the bandwagon. No, we're top. Um, no, he's been he's been class. Obviously, you guys know Douse, and he's such a good bloke on and off the field, and he's a great motivator, great great talker. So he's been uh, fantastic for us, and, and he's really got a good balance of, of um, kind of being a, a, a good player manager as well, which is obviously big. Obviously, with a big squad, you're dropping boys, you're bringing boys in. Um, I think he's been fantastic in that space. Obviously, a few people forget about that part of the of the game and and obviously with the coaches around have been fantastic as well so um we think we're on a really good um um journey at the moment but obviously we're, we're top of the league but there's a long way to go i think we're just past halfway point so yeah we're not getting too ahead of ourselves at the moment and just talk me through a little bit of your guys mindsets like you are the comeback kings at the moment you know th there's been a number of games where you've just come back pipped it at the photo finish what sort of belief, what sort of chat do you guys have? You know, how do you keep finding your way out of these uh, out of these tight, sticky situations you get yourself into? I think we just have massive confidence in the squad at the moment. Um, I mean, I speak to the fans after games and they're like, why are you doing this every week? Because literally every game is, is within seven points. <laughs> we obviously want to beat everyone by 40 points, but it's like that. Obviously, the, the competition's so tough. But um, I think within the squad, when it gets down to the last 10 minutes, we, we actually fully believe um, this year that we've got the confidence in our squad, in our in our game that we're actually going to see out this game whether we're ahead or behind so um, we've got the game to do both so yeah that confidence is massive and obviously when you're winning um, your belief is there and, and we, you feel like you can go on and do more so um, we're really happy in that space and yeah uh, hopefully it keeps going Well talking we talked earlier about your confidence because I literally do think you, you're, you're the best scrum half in England at the moment mate I'm putting that label that on you um, the Six Nations is pretty round the corner uh, that must be in your sort of thinking. Uh, what are you, are you wanting that nine jersey and that Six Nations to stamp your authority? You had a really good World Cup, mate. So is it all about, you know, your performances now setting you up for, for that England starting nine? Um, I think so. Yeah, obviously, that's always my dream to try and push on to the international level and, and get that starting nine shirt. Um, obviously, to be on the World Cup stage was was an awesome experience and to be involved with that. Um, but for me, I just try and take it week by week. Obviously, it's a, such a cliche answer, isn't it? But uh, I really do. So I'll, I'll look after Bayon this week and, and look after Europe. And then if my performances are good enough and then obviously get selected in the squad and then go from there when I'm in the squad, obviously, I try and perform and train well and, and then push for that nine jersey. So yeah, obviously, in the future, obviously, it's 
once once something I, I look at and you want to be playing for England and starting for England, it's a, it's a dream, isn't it? So, um, but I kind of let that look after itself and look after the performances at Northampton first. And, and while we talk about England, there, there's a number of guys, I think, in the Saints jerseys who are putting their hands mm. up. I think one of the things that I love about the Saints is how many homegrown English players, mainly through the academy, picked up a couple guys like a Finn Smith and a few from London Irish as well. But you've got such a strong uh, England contingent. Guys like Tommy Freeman have got to have put their hand up as well in the mix. Just touch a little bit on some of those boys. Yeah, I think they've all been fantastic. I think the best thing is it's a, it's a really close group. And we all, we obviously, a lot of us have come through the academy together. Obviously, you remember the Wanderers. Uh, we won two A-leagues. Uh, back in the day and it's a yeah <laughs> those are the days um but obviously there's a lot of boys in that core group that are still there today um and yeah we all came through the academy all really close mates um so we get on on and off the field so yeah it's a fantastic group at the moment and obviously it helps when you're winning so um yeah it's fantastic to play with these boys and obviously now hopefully a lot of them get honors uh to push on to the international levels i mean some of them have been outstanding haven't they so hopefully they can uh, push on and, and play for England as well can you can you convince Finn Smith to to go and play for England? I'm hearing a lot about talk of him going to Scotland. He's he's on fire, your fellow halfback partner. He's been class, hasn't he? I mean, I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. Ah, <laughs> we wanted to <laughs> get something out. Teams are but no, he's obviously a class player, and you can see why why he's got the choice. Um, but I, yeah, that's up to him. And um, yeah, obviously, if I play for England, I want him to play with me. He's a, a good mate of mine. He's a class player. So uh, yeah, we'll see what he wants to do. And then obviously we touched a little bit on on Douse, but, uh, you know, is he harnessing his inner Jim Mallander as well? Obviously, I, I see a lot of similarities to that rise, successful rise of Saints sort of in the earlier part of, uh, you know, 2012 onwards. You know, is, is he summoning that Jim Mallander spirit in the club or what? I mean, I hope so. It feels like something's building. Um, obviously, we've got a really young group as well. Um, so we feel like we're building, we're getting more mature, we're getting the experience in, within the squad. Um, and obviously, the dream is to win a premiership and, and try and win Europe as well. And obviously, you know, in, in 2014, 2015, it's, it's obviously a massive thing. The, the town is, they get massively behind you and it's a fantastic place to play. So um, that's the main goal, um, to try and get a home semi-final. And if you have a home semi-final at Franklin's Gardens, I mean, you know what it's like. It's an unbelievable atmosphere isn't it so um, they're the 16th man and, and hopefully then we get a win and then anything can happen in the final so yeah that's the main goal and and um, yeah we just need to keep pushing forward now Mitch it's all in front of you buddy just in the Saints jersey in the England jersey new contract as well big money bags I hear it is, is that right uh, it's, yes it's, it's okay guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan no, Shaheen told yes. me it was all him mate it was all him <laughs> it was it really was um, <laughs> I literally let him do that stuff and I had to try and concentrate on the rugby um, so no, obviously really happy to stay at Saints it was an easy decision to try and stay in England and, and stay with this core group and like I said I feel like we're building something so um, it was yeah such an easy decision and um, yeah really happy to be staying Awesome, mate. Well, it was a pleasure to speak to you. Good luck with everything this week in the Champions Cup and then good luck, hopefully, with England and the Six Nations. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Cheers, Mitch. Cheers, boys. Great having Alex Mitchell come on the show. What a win for Northampton Saints. Pipping it at the end. I told you, uh, bro. You did, you did. I don't... <laughs> Will not... had his Exeter jersey I... ready for the show. I no. said, no way. Saints, here we are. Always knew Northampton are going to win it. <laughs> there was plenty of other massive results as well. None more so than at Sale Sharks because Bristol went up there, buddy, and took a great win. 22 points to 14. AJ McGinty, 
USA Rugby style back. That massively helped as well. Huge performance from AJ. And I, and I think Bristol, you know, they took the chances early, went up, Sale fought, fought back into the game. Some ill discipline from Sale. The really? two yellow cards yeah, yeah. really really cost them. And, and you saw Alex Arneson after the game deflated because that's yeah. two losses in a row. And to get in this top four is going to be so tight. And to lose at home, no bonus point. That's a tough one to take there. And, and, and they'll be... Hopefully not kicking themselves, but that could be the difference at the end of the season. Oh, mate, it's consistency is everything. And there is a team who is getting a bit of consistency, and that's Harlequins, because they went up to the struggling Newcastle Falcons, picked up a great win, 24 points to three, rested a few big names as well. Danny Kerr, Marcus Smith not playing. But again, they they showed some real quality up there. You you were bang on with this one. I'll give you your Thank dues you very on, much. on that one. I thought maybe Newcastle with rotation have a chance in the rain. Nope. Uh, excellent from Quinns. And yeah, these are the games where you're seeing teams rotate. And Quinn's depth really turned up. Finn Baxter, amazing, I thought, as well. Yeah, Filling in for Joe Marler. Had a strong game. And I think Quinn, Quinn's in general right now. I wouldn't call them out that top four mix, mate. They're, they're wow. a hell of a team. Some, some big names are not going to make it this year. One of them... Maybe Saracens, who are slightly struggling, particularly struggling, you would say, up front because Leicester Tigers went to town on them in that area, winning 19 points to 10. Corbs, Sarri's potentially going to be out the top. For former team of mine, I really don't want to say it, though. I'm nervous for them because oh. I, when is this pack going to turn it round? Like what What are the, the efficiencies? You know, obviously Mako's going to come back from a red card, but who most likely be involved in the Six Nations. Uh, I, I assume I went with TBD on that one. And and then also Riccioni, who's been injured. He's going to go to Six Nations if he becomes fit. It's going to be a tough climb because there's only seven games left. And, you know, I don't think ever right Sarri's off with the team they have. They showed an incredible bit of skill to score one of their oh, tries. Unbelievable. Training part move. No one touched But them. fair play to Tigers, especially at Welford Road. They were up for it and, and just minced them a bit in the forwards. And, and that was enough to get, it, to get it done. Absolutely. Bath did enough to get it done as well. Not pretty uh, at the wreck. Especially but it, not Barbary being sick. Oh my. <laughs> a clip coming up now. <laughs> What's he have? What's he ate before I this? Stop laughing when I oh saw my, it. the poor lad. Well, look, at least he was on a winning side. They won 17 points to 10. Talk about struggling Newcastle, <laughs> Gloucester struggling still again. I know, mate. Brutal for Gloucester. And it's another game they could have won. Oh, that and, passed and, that yeah, bit right at the end. The end. Oh, uh, my word. Um, uh, you know, just losing it in the last couple of minutes. You know, I feel for Skivs there. They look like they might have just clawed a draw back into that one. Let's have a quick look at this league table, Corps, because I said it was tight last week. It still is looking anyone's game, really, in that top four. How do you call this one, mate? Like, if you're going to pick your top four now, where do you go? Because right now, the way it's looking, it is so close. To me, I think Saints are a goer. I don't think Exeter are going to drop off. And I think Quinns are probably going to make it. And it's Br between Bristol, Bath, Sale and Sarries yeah, for me Bristol, for that last shot. Bristol Bears, I feel, might be coming back as well. And that's I the thing know. is, unless the Tigers might keep hitting steam, they're only two points or three points off of it now and they seem to be gaining momentum. I don't know how you pick your top four. All I'm saying is I'm ready to get my popcorn out and watch this playoff run because this has probably been the most competitive premiership we've ever had, the best on-field product we've ever had. Let's hope it transcends to the England team in the Six Nations and also the Champions Cup coming up this weekend. Moving on then to the rundown of the PWR action that happened. It was round seven and it started with the big one, which was Saracens 69 points to three at sale. Struggling sale at the moment. Saris really are top of the table looking quality. Tigers, again, failed to pick up a win. 
Harlequins winning at the Welford Road, 33 to 24. It was Gloucester Hartbury again, keeping their unbeaten record going. 42 points to 24 against the Loughborough Lightning. And then the game of the week was Exeter Chiefs against the Trailfinders. Chiefs coming out after a very good first half on top, 38 points to 19. But friend of the show, Kate Zachary, with a great try for the Trailfinders. Well, you caught that one, Corpse. Really yeah, good game. It was a great game. Obviously, Exeter at home, you know, were the better side, but it was good to see the Americans represent. Hope oh, Rogers yeah. with a try. Gabby Contorna yeah, with a try as well. Good. Kate Zachary scored a belter as well that they finished in the corner. It was an exciting game. And I think when you look at this PWR, to me, there's, there's three teams you probably have to talk about. Sarries, at the top. Exeter, and Gloucester Hartbury. Yeah, and yeah. where those... Who meets in what order in the playoffs probably decides your final yep. TBD. But those teams seem to be a little bit ahead of the others for me when I'm watching. So there you have it. Another episode of the Rugby Rundown completed. And it was a hell of a rundown as well. It was Billy Meeks on the show. Alex Mitchell talking about how Northampton Saints are doing. Really appreciate both those lads coming on. And the Gallagher Premiership does take a two-week break. But there is still plenty of action on TRM+. Plus. And the PWR has a big game with Leicester Tigers women versus, versus Bristol Bears women. And then also in college rugby, we got UBC versus St. Mary's course. Going to be some good rugby there. I think both those games will be exciting. And, you know, it's been another good show. Will, thanks for all your efforts here at the Rugby Rundown. And thanks to all of you either listening or watching. We really appreciate it. Reminder to keep plugging us on social at Rugby Rundown TRN. We had a bunch of collabs last week on Instagram trying to grow our reach, get the noise out. We're also going to be having some of these clips dropping on YouTube as mm, well. So keep posting. an eye out. We'll, we'll steer you there on our socials to what's on YouTube. But lots more to come here from the Rugby Rundown. Excited for the next one.